I looked to my left, right where my wife and I normally sit, and Brother Bertram had his hand like this, and he was weeping, and that broke me, and it broke, the whole service broke, because the spirit of someone that was just really worshiping God, and you, you might not see it from down there, but sometimes from up here, we're trying to create an atmosphere of praise and worship, and people are just standing there. Looking around. We come here for him. We got to focus on him. If we will do that, he'll do whatever he wants. But if we don't focus on him, we'll come in one way, we'll leave the same way, and nothing will ever change. So I appreciate you, Brother Bertram. Pastor and Sister Mayo, I'm so thankful for their ministry. I, man, we got that SoundCloud thing now, and I turned on a message, Pastor Mayo, boy, he is a cannon. And I was thinking about what I said last time I preached about, you know, the human heart's kind of like a vault, and if you don't open it up, and I was thinking, man, Pastor Mayo will bust that thing open. You can, you can come not willing, not ready, and he'll just break it. That's the anointing. We are. We're so blessed. So blessed. Give honor to Pastor Geddes and his wife. He preached to me maybe seven years ago at the church on Broadway. Came down from Colville. Preached a message that resonated with a country boy's heart about horses and that's how I was raised, so it, it spoke to me. So appreciate you. Thank you. You did all this carpet in this church, right? Not by yourself. Yeah, but you led the project. It's beautiful. I give honor to my wife. If you're tired of hearing my voice, imagine how she feels. <laughs> you're not tired of it, but you're Okay, can I go slow today? All right. I need to uh, make a public statement because a couple weeks ago when Noah was baptized, my family was here. And I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying. I give honor to my parents. I love them. And my mom, when I was a child, was a praying woman. But after service, uh, a brother from the church was talking to them. And I was talking to someone else, and I overheard, he made a comment about, you know, you did a good job raising your son, uh, he's a good preacher, whatever. He, he made a comment towards them, and my mom, she said, yeah, I think that there's something down the family line. There was, there's someone down the bloodline that that's where he got that from. And I need to apologize on her behalf, um, because nothing good in me did I receive from that bloodline. Everything that we are in the spirit comes from his bloodline. And if you try to take the glory, you try to take the glory, Herod died and was eaten by worms when they said he speaks like a God and he didn't correct them. 
nothing good in us. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. So I love them and I, and I give honor to them, but I just needed to make that statement. I need to stop drinking water or we're going to end service real early. is good. I mean real good. <clears throat> well, I'll leave that alone. Okay. So I was preparing for this service and I was in prayer and God gave me something and I started working it out. And I was on Monday and then on Tuesday in prayer God gave me something else and I was like, okay, I'm going to mesh these together. And then on Thursday, on Wednesday, I was praying and I was like, man, this just, I just, this, I don't know about I got in prayer. See, but nothing in God is wasted. If he gives you something, it's going to be used. And Brother Poindexter, a while back, he came into town, and him and I went in outreach together, and then we prayed. And while we were praying, he stopped, and he said, I just saw in a vision of an alarm clock. And he said, God's going to start waking you up to some things. And I received that. I said, that's awesome. And interpreted it the way that I thought would be appropriate that there's some things that I'm in darkness about and God will reveal them to me and but what happened is since that time three or four times when my alarm clock goes off and I wake up the first thing that drops in my head drops in my spirit drops in my mind is a word from God or I wake up and the first thing I see is a vision from God literally he was waking me up to some things and so Thursday morning, when my alarm clock went off, he dropped this in my spirit, what we're going to talk about today. So I don't know what the other stuff was for, but it'll get used. But I know what God told me to say today. And so we're going to pray in a minute that God will get it out the way that it's meant to get out. Uh, you know, when you stand in a pulpit like this and you preach, you're never really ready. You're never really prepared um, if you do it right because it's not going to be you doing much of anything. Um, and if you're always waiting to be prepared, you'll never do anything. There's some people in here you need to stop preparing. You just need to have some kids already. You laugh and you clap. Someone's like, oh, man, he's calling me out. That's, it's a blessing. Kids are a blessing. And you'll never really be ready. It's on-the-job training. You just have them and then you grow. You can't really understand a father's love until you yourself are a father and you realize, oh yeah, I can forgive him. He can go to prison and I still love him. Man, have some kids. Pastor Mayo would be, well, he would agree with that, right? He usually says something like, if you're under the age of 70, keep having kids. But... <laughs> I'm in the medical field, and I do not advise that. <laughs> I will say that, uh, well, man, I can't do this. I can't just talk. I'm sorry. I am sorry. Go ahead and stand for the reading of the word, if you would. 1 Corinthians chapter number 14. 
verse number 10. Corinthians 14 and 10 <clears throat> says there are it may be so many kinds of voices in the world and none of them is without signification let's read it again there are it may be so many kinds of voices in the world and none of them is without and I'm going to say significance Let's all pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your spirit, God. I thank you for the anointing. I thank you for being with your people. Come on, open your mouth and pray. We need to make a connection with his spirit. God, I thank you for the atmosphere that you have created. Not by might, not by power, but by your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. God, I pray that you would open up our ears, open up our hearts to understand what your spirit is saying. Yes, Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. As soon as the choir started playing, I said, here we go. God's charging the atmosphere. You may be seated. I'm going to preach on this thought. The message a sound can send. Every sound has a message attached to it. Like what happened on Thursday morning and every morning for many of us, the alarm clock goes off. It's just a noise. It's just a sound. But that sound is sending you a message that it's time to get up. It's time to get busy. It's time to face the day. That sound is sending you a message. When you hear thunder, oftentimes we turn our eyes towards heaven to catch a glimpse of that which preceded the thunder, hoping another lightning bolt will go. Because that sound of thunder sends a message that the storm is here. I'm going to put some things out there so that we can go where God wants us to go. All the sounds in the physical world carry subliminal messages. If you hear sirens, you know there's an emergency. Uh, depending on the tone that comes out of your purse or comes out of your pocket, you'll know whether you got a voicemail or a text message or an email. Unless you have a dumb phone, then it, it just goes, mm, mm. But every sound sends a message to you. It lets you know that something is happening. Most people don't even realize or aren't even aware of the messages that sounds are sending you. When you go to your favorite retailer and you walk in, there's music being played. And there's a science behind this, a marketing science. It's sending you a message. Next time you go, perk up your ears and listen. A lot of times the music, it's upbeat and it's got a narrative of self. Because if that sound can get you focused on yourself, you're most likely going to buy something for yourself. It's subliminal. You walk in and you feel good. Because that sound is sending you a message. Follow me on this. 
and your flesh likes it, let's be honest. When you go to the gym, what do you listen to? If you work out, you listen to Beethoven, Elton John, what do you listen to? Do you listen to soft call music? No, you listen to aggressive music. Something that's going to send a message to your body. It's time to get motivated. Every sound has a significance. And oftentimes the sounds in the world, they get their message through to us without even a screening process. Anyone ever walked out of a mall and you're humming or singing a worldly song? Because that sound sent a message. And if you don't capture that, if you don't take that, take it captive and put it under your feet, you'll, you'll, you'll get home, man, I like that song. And you'll get on YouTube, and all of a sudden you'll be on a YouTube binge of worldly music, and then that sound sends a message, and it takes you down memory lane, and you're thinking about someone that should, that memory should have been dead and buried. But that sound sent you a message. We gotta pay attention. Ephesians 2, 2 and 3, if you could put it up, it says, Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. He's in the airwaves. That's why worldly music has such a hook. He's a good songwriter. He says, That spirit, that spirit of Satan now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had, we all had our conversation, behavior. In times past, we all had it in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. He's saying in that time past, before you were Christian, you operated under that other spirit, the prince of the power of the air. He just sent a message to you, and you just did it. You were under his control, the spirit of Satan. Anyone glad you're broken out of that? Yeah, yeah. Come on, you can send a message with your sound. That's why you got to be careful what kind of music you listen to. They've done studies. More than the lyrics, the music itself, the rhythm itself affects you more. They can play a, a, a melody and you'll tell them if it's happy or sad, and everyone will agree. It doesn't matter culture, it doesn't matter where you're from, what you were raised with. Doo-doo-doo. Yeah, that's a happy tone. I'm not going to do the other one, I don't even know. But there's a, there's a negative tone with minor keys. It sends you a message. Got to be careful what you listen to. Just because it's labeled Christian doesn't make it right. When I first got into church, there was this Christian rapper, and he, was cool. he sounded real good. It, it resonated with me. And then my wife's like, you're kind of angry tell you who can preach that woman can preach just because it says it's christian is it glorifying god is it is it making your mind and your heart focus on jesus that's what christian music ought to do not just not cuss country music innocent they're still talking about drinking still talking about partying 
God dealt with me on that a long time ago. Just because it makes you feel okay doesn't make it right. It's sending you a message. See, 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 listen. <laughs> you say, well, not everything has to glorify God. Not everything has to be about God. That's extreme. There is nothing more extreme than Jesus Christ bearing a cross, going and dying so that you could have a life everlasting. There's nothing more extreme. He gave it all. You ought to give it all. And whatever you have to give up is worth it. You say, well, I, I want to follow him. I want to follow him, but I want to relax. I want to take it easy and enjoy this life. There was a man that came to Jesus, and he said, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said, oh, yeah? Well, foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. You want to follow me? That's fine. But there's not going to be any rest for your flesh this side of eternity. That's extreme. Okay. We judge things by a majority. It's just what happens. And you look at the majority of Christianity, and you say, well, you're way off from that. Okay. When you look at anything, you have to look at its origin. And you look at the Paul, the life of Paul and the life of Peter. You look at the apostles. How comfortable were they? Beatings, often. Scourgings, often. Persecutions. I'm not saying we need to go through all that, but we need to crucify this. We need to not go certain places, do certain things, listen to certain stuff. Because we need to stay focused on him. It's harder now than it's ever been. So much noise in the world. So many sounds. There was another man. In the same passage of scripture that came said, I'm going to follow you, but let me go and bury my father before I do. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their dead. That used to confuse me. Anyone? Anyone? Okay. What was that man trying to do before he followed Jesus? He was trying to get closure to a relationship. And there's someone... You won't jump in with both feet to follow Jesus because you got this relationship. And, and you want to know, well, maybe this is going to work out. And Jesus is saying, look, if you're going to follow me, that relationship is already dead. They don't want me like you do. If you're going to follow me, you got to do it now. That relationship is already dead. It's already gone. Let it bury itself. You follow me. Because listen. If you, if you choose the relationship and you get her or you get him and you die and go to hell, you lose him or her. But if you let that go and that relationship doesn't work out, but you get him, then you stay with him when you go to eternity. Pretty easy choice. 
follow me, he said. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Mankind is so affected by sound and the messages that are sent, it will shape our identity. Take one look at someone and you can usually tell what kind of music's playing in their truck. The way they walk, the clothes they wear, especially teenagers. Someone's like, I don't want to be separated. Look, people can tell where you've been, who you've been with. It said they, they knew those boys had been with Jesus. Separation from the world, holiness, doing things. That's a good thing. The world needs an indicator. But you can tell. You see kids walking the street wearing all black, makeup on their face. They're probably not listening to gospel music. Music, that sound will shape your identity. And beyond music. Well, hold on. get back to identity and the sound but when you start living for God the greatest war is against your identity there's a war against your identity because when you're baptized when you repent of your sins and you're baptized in Jesus name and you're filled with the Holy Ghost you become a part of the church and the enemy knows the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church and so he can't take your salvation, he can't take your victory, the enemy can't steal your anointing, but if he can confuse you about who you are, you'll give it up. If he can confuse you, send a message through a sound and make you feel like you're small and you're worthless, if he can lie to you and get you confused about who you are, you won't operate under the power and the authority and the anointing and the victory. There's a war for your identity. And we find who we are first by whose we are. Oh, the message that a sound can send. Fathers shape the identity of their children. Mothers, what you say, the sounds that come out of your mouth have a huge impact on how your child is going to become. If a father says, oh, Oh, you're dumb. Oh, you're worthless. Oh, you're obnoxious. Just go away. That's who they're going to become. Isolated. Have no self-worth. They'll struggle in school. They'll struggle with building positive relationships. And if they don't hear your voice elevating them, they'll find someone that tells them they're good. They'll find someone that says you're good just the way you are. Here, bud, try this. It'll make you feel great. Sounds. Send a message. You need to tell your children that you love them. You need to lift them up. And you need to apologize. See, men, when we, when we say something wrong or do something wrong, we don't want to correct it with our children because, man, everything I say is gold to my son. And I don't want to make him think that I'm, you know, I don't want him to think that dad's not that great. And so often, instead of apologizing, men will just say nothing. But here, here, listen, 
your kid already knows you're wrong. Anyone ever been a kid? You know when dad messes up. And you not apologizing to him isn't telling him that you're perfect. If you apologize to him, it'll let him know that, you're, that he's worth something to you. It lets the kid know that he's valuable to you, that you really do care about him. It messes with a sound sin. I'm telling you, this identity thing's a big deal. Because if, if the enemy, what was Goliath doing? Standing in the valley, yelling. He was shouting. And if that message gets to you, he'll have you hiding behind rocks when you should be slaying giants. Sounds affect your identity. If you say, well, my words don't really affect my child, you need to listen. Listen. You're made in the image after the likeness of God. You can't change that. His words have power. Your words have power. In the beginning, God said, let there be and there was a creative power. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Everything was made by him. The word, 11, and 11 in Greek, Hebrews, the worlds were framed by the word of God. Creative power. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. You got to be careful what you say. You can curse things. You can bless things. And when we're dealing with each other, our identity is everything. The nation of Israel hiding behind rocks, but David knew who he was. He shows up and he takes care of business because that sound didn't affect his identity because he'd been on the backside of a mountain with God and a prophet touched him and he realized that's the voice I'm going to listen to. If you got a promise for God and you and if you got a promise from God and you don't see it happening, just know he said it. His voice matters. The devil is a liar. That doubt is a liar. And there, hey. Man. God had to show me this this year. That negative voices in your life need to go. Doesn't matter how close a relative they are. Someone in here, you have been dealing with the negativity of a family member and it is messing with your identity and you haven't cut them off because you're, you feel guilty. God wants you to know you can cut that off. Because if you never realize who you are, you'll never save them. It's okay to get that negative voice out of your life so that he can shape your identity. It's okay. You need positive people in your life. That's why you got to come to the house of God. You need people that will tell you you can make it. You're an overcomer. You're victorious. 
You say, well, I don't feel like it. Let that sound send a message to you. If you've been baptized in his name and you've been filled with his spirit, you are victorious. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And I can tell what kind of message you've been listening to if you're sitting there bound up in a prison in your mind. You're free. There's liberty. But see, when a slave gets freed, this is what they say. It's easy to free slaves. There's people that are out there right now pulling people out of the slave trade. It's easy to get them out. It's hard to change their slave mentality. And the number one problem they have freeing people is they go back. And God can free you, really free you. And you can sit on a church pew, and you should be running. There's no fetters on your feet. But a slave with no fetters won't run because he's still a slave up here. The past is over. As of right now, everything that happened before right now is gone. You're free right now. You're free right now. You need to tell your flesh. Send a message to your flesh with a sound. I'm free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Send a message with your hands. Send a message with your voice. You ain't got no chains on me. That's the first thing you got to do. First thing you got to do to be free is send a message to your flesh. Because your flesh doesn't want to do it. You sit there during worship and it's going on and it's true. That should be enough right there to make you do it. Your flesh doesn't want to do it. You got to send your flesh a message. With a sound. Well, I don't feel like clapping. Send your flesh a message. Well, I'm not victorious. Yes, you are. Shout with a voice of triumph. If you don't feel like doing it, God is talking to you. And when they worshiped, the, the foundation was shaken and everybody was set free. Come on, come on, you need to let hell know I'm sending you a message with a sound today. Come on, go, go. Don't be trapped in a prison in your mind. Because you'll never be what God wants you to be 
unless you get a true picture of who you are. You know what? You know what? Stay standing. Musicians, come. We need to go right here. Here, here. This is what happens. You ready? God charges the atmosphere. Okay? God charges the atmosphere. It's like a storm. And if you study lightning, if you know anything about it, it's got to be down here and it's got to be up here. Okay? The spirit is already charged. And when you study, this is interesting. I couldn't make this up. With storms and with lightning, how it works is it's a charge. There's, a, there's something called a charge separation. And everything at the top of the atmosphere, at the top of heaven, is positively charged. And the bottom of the cloud and everything in the atmosphere is negatively charged. And the only way for lightning to go from here to here is if there's a positive charge going up. You gotta make a path on, of man. conductivity, and then guess what? Lightning happens. He told them, he told them. Listen, listen, listen. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you're in the right place today. This is what he told them. He said, He said, You go and you wait in Jerusalem. And you tarry there. You posture yourself. To receive power. Jerusalem is a type of the church. If you're in here today, you're in Jerusalem. But they gotta, you gotta pray, okay? You gotta pray, you gotta tarry in the church. Positive charge up here, positive charge down here, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Come on, I need some faithful saints to send a charge up. I need some intercessors to send a charge up so that there can be light. Something strange. See His glory.
sound of deliverance. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Something's moving, something's changing. See his glory. Feels like heaven on earth. Something's moving, something's changing. See his glory. Feels like heaven on something's moving. Something's changing. Something's changing. See his glory. Feels like heaven on earth. Come on, you ain't I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I'm changing. I'm moving on from here. I'm leaving where I was. I'm not going back. Something's changing in my mind. Something's changing in my heart. In my spirit. Come on.
atmosphere is charged and the earth is charged. And sometimes when that lightning goes to hit its spot, it shoots over here and it shoots over there. Negativity in the air, it's not of God and it's not of you. Thank you. 